Welcome to How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we increase each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, you, you never watched A Nightmare on Elm Street? Or, wait, you still haven't seen The Mummy? Or, how have you not seen The Third Man? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week one of us chooses one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. Then we talk about it. We go and watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. It's going to be a, a, a spooky, we're not spooky, we did spooky, we're out of spooky season. Yeah, we, just spent, a, we just spent a month doing it's, spooky. It's going to be a moody, that's a better word for this, it's going to be a moody, chiaroscuro, smoke and salt time yeah sure yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay let's let's get right into it uh caroline how have you how have you not seen the the, the third man oh gosh um I don't even, I, I don't even, I can't even begin <laughs> to answer that question. Um, yeah. I didn't realize it was one of those movies that like I super mega should have seen. Um, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. It's, it is the like AFI's like top British film of all time. And it, it did win the Palme d'Or, so, you know. Wow. Okay, yeah. wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... Breaking it down just a little bit more, I unfortunately am not as, I am not as versed um, in like, like golden era and prior um, yeah. cinema as I probably should be. I think, you know, I think like most people like our age, um, unless they have a particular like inclination or affinity for like like classic older films um you know like each decade you go back i think i've probably seen you know kind of fewer and fewer movies i think i've probably seen more 80s movies than i've seen 90s movies and i've probably seen just as many 70s movies as i've seen 80s movies but then like really like 60s i've seen a little bit more than 50s 50s i've seen a little bit more than 40s 40s i've seen yeah. a little bit more than 50 or uh, 30s you know etc cetera, etc cetera, so on and so forth um, so I just think it's one of those ones where this isn't one of the titans of like, you know, that era, you know, it's not a, it's not a Wizard of Oz, Citizen Kane, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, or, you know, like a, like a To Kill a Mockingbird, like it's not one of the like top 10 movies from pre-1961 um, that like everybody sees in their first semester of film school, you know what I mean? So yeah. you're saying it's not a mank. It's not a mank, no. It's not a mank. It's not mank. It's it's simply not mank. Uh, yeah, no, I I mean, look, I've said this before. I'll probably say it again, but I have the same thing. Where it's part of the the premise of the show is that we're you know we we there's these giant gaping spots. You know, uh, no, I don't think either of us are kind kind of as omnivoric with movies as maybe we'd like to be. But like, I mean, my 
I, again, I've said this before, I'll probably say it again, but my roommate is like super into the old shit. Like she's got her like golden and silver age knowledge is uh, really well, well developed. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know you that. Can't, and you're not allowed to say her name because if we ever say her name, then we have to pay her. So. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I would not, I would not do that. But do not say yeah, her I do, I do know <laughs> your roommate. Spoken. You do, I do know yes. your roommate and I did yes. not know that about her. That's very cool. Yes. Yeah. No. It, which is like all the time. She literally will, will do like, how have you not seen fucking I don't know, you know, the Magnificent Ambersons or whatever the hell I got Orson Welles on the brain. Um, yeah. Well, what do you, what do you know? That is a good transition. What, what, what do you know about this movie? Very little. I mean, he just stole 98% of my thunder by saying it's Orson Welles. Yeah. I mean, I, I alluded to that in the first, in the first little bit when I said Citizen Kane, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, mm-hmm. but like it's an, I know it's an Orson Welles film. Did he direct it as well or? No. Okay. Okay. So no, he's just acting by- in it. Carol, what's his face? Carol, Carol, I'm looking it up. Not Carol Channing, Carol, Carol, uh, Reed, Carol Reed, <laughs> British director. Cool. Um, yeah. I know that it is in black and white. Correct. Um, in doing some, like when we were gearing up to do the season um, and we were looking for you know, photographs for marketing materials. I found one of Orson Welles standing, uh, the camera's at a bit of a Dutch angle. He's got a long black, like a nice long black peacoat on with a hat. And um, I seem to remember seeing a lot of images of like his silhouette at the end of a tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe is a, is a, it was a very famous shot from this one. A lot of, a lot of Dutch angles in this one too, for sure. But honestly, that's that's pretty much it. Like, I yeah. mean, I would assume I I don't believe I don't believe this is the third film in a series. I believe that I would assume that well, a crime goes down and they are looking for the the eponymous third man. It's like they they have all the pieces they need to solve the crime, but they need to find the third. Yeah, you'll 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 see. You'll see. Uh, I'll I'll say. I, so I watched this movie pretty recently after um, we watched it, like the famous scene from it, which kind of spoiled the movie a little bit, honestly, but like the famous scene from it in one of my graduate level classes, because we were like, I don't know, talking about avant-garde expressionism or whatever. And I watched it after that. Um, and also, fun fact, uh, Jack White's recording studio and label is named after this movie because he is very into Orson Welles for some reason. Yeah, that tracks for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. He's got a whole song that literally the estate, I think it was the estate of Orson Welles, sued him over because it is a song that is uh, all about Citizen Kane. It's got like the, it is a, a uh, an early aughts alt rock mix of the like the two songs they play in Citizen Kane, the like Big Bang one where they're like, yeah, and his name is or oh, is Citizen Kane, you know, and then yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you can't be loved, there's not love. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, but yeah, that's weird. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, we're gonna change it not into the game because it's a good I think it's gonna be a good one this week. I'm pretty excited. We're gonna be doing uh untitled letterbox game, aka what's in the box, aka get in the box with your friend Carson and talk about movies. And I hate that game. <laughs> for those of you at home who have um, not heard us play this game before, it's very simple. 
I have gone on to the uh, the uh, movie review app Letterboxd. Um, uh, quick plug, follow our Letterboxd as well as our individual Letterboxds on here. And I have found three very low reviews for three different movies. One of them is review for The Third Man. I'm going to read the reviews and then Caroline's going to have to try and guess which is a review of The Third Man. Bonus points if she can guess what the other two movies are. Are you ready? Um, yeah, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay, I will prepare you. These ones are all fairly hefty. It's a, it's a, it's a long one this week, so, all so right, stick all with right. it. Review number one. Uh, watched August 9th, 2013, one star. I saw this for one reason only, Orson Welles. As expected, he was awesome, but he's also barely in this thing. The rest of the movie pretty much sucked. The whole film is pushed by a MacGuffin, which is never really explained. The characters are either broad or indistinguishable. Also, the use of music was dreadful, and the film becomes an endless onslaught of action. I'll give it a small amount of credit for some pretty decent action, and Wells is the villain, but this is undoubtedly a bad film. I don't get the cult following. Well, that's Transformers the movie. Next review. Uh, next, review. <laughs> next review. Uh, life is pre- uh, This is a uh, one star. Watched uh, March twenty second, twenty twenty one. Life is precious, and I wasted one hour and forty eight minutes of mine watching this film for uni. The only way I could bear to live through it was to pretend it wasn't happening and to spend the time imagining my future wedding, which was actually very pleasant. Hence, why I wore. <laughs> Why I award one star to this movie, whatever the hell that is. And then in parentheses below that, sorry to be so mean. I think the reviewing is going to my head. Okay. (laughs) This review really goes off the rails. This next one or that one that we just read? The the one we just read, but also this one I will say is it really takes a twist at the end and I'm excited to get there. Third review. Half star, uh, watched August 19th, 2021. What a pretentious, stuck up excuse for a film. The story lacks color more than the bland is all fuck visuals. And I don't think a movie has taken itself seriously without any right to since Twilight. And at least that had the decency to be ironically enjoyable. This sad shit show of a film brought to you by chimpanzees on basalt productions could have been written better by my three-year-old cousin. And the characters are flat as a blank sheet of paper and half as interesting. The shitty script, non-existent directing, and so much more are reasons why it's baffling to me that people hold it up as some kind of titan of film. And no matter what people tell me, I will never, ever watch this movie. We'll never watch this movie or we'll, we'll never, never watch this, watch movie, this again? movie again? It says I will never, ever watch this movie. Wow, okay. I hope they mean never, ever watch it again. Um, okay. So the first one is Transformers the movie. You are correct. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so here's my thought. Sure. I'm really hoping, then again, the the chimpanzees on bath salts line and the um, I will never watch this movie line leads me to believe this person doesn't have like a super strong like 
grasp on like really how to critique things. So maybe this isn't a fair assumption, but like, because they said, like, since Twilight, I would hope that that would mean that whatever movie they're reviewing came out after Twilight. Because for them to say, like, I haven't seen a movie that does this since Twilight, a movie that came out 10 years ago, uh, when referring to The Third Man, a movie that came out 50 plus years ago, um, is absurd. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the second one is the third man about the wedding. Final answer. That is my final answer. You are correct. And is the third one Mank? Oh, that's no. what I, that's oh, what my okay. guess was too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, weirdly enough, you know what it is? What? Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, that was my thought. That was my thought at first was that one of these was going to be Citizen Kane. But then I was yes. like, I was like, oh, well, uh, if it says since Twilight, and I was like, well, I was like, Mank is about Citizen Kane. And that yeah. just came out. So maybe, and Carson, you do like to make Mank jokes. I love Mank jokes. I truly do. God, what a, man, that's, uh, that's a boring film. No offense to the Mank fans out there, but oh boy. Um yeah, no, I mean, I chose that review specifically because I thought I could kind of, you know, I could get you right. off the trail right. with that. Also, here's the thing I discovered about looking up Citizen Kane reviews is that, like, like really, really low ones. And it might be true for this review as well. I don't know. I might have been, you know, taken for a ride. So many of them are, like, like purposefully calling Citizen Kane bad, like, as a joke. Right, to the, more to like Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah, more. Yes, exactly. There's like a hundred of those because I used Citizen Kane as as one when we were doing Paddington, and yeah. I waded through so many, being like more like Citizen Lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so like I don't know that review honestly because it is so like the since Twilight, and I will never ever watch this movie and story lacks color more than the bland is all fuck visuals like i'm like is this is this a joke is this ironic like am i not getting it and also just because like letterboxd humor like much like film twitter humor it can be so esoteric you know right and there's like, like seven layers of irony there exactly so like i don't know i might have uh letterboxd user ian you may have taken me for a ride. I'm not sure. If you did, congratulations. I took your joke as, as legitimate and thus have failed. Um, but yeah, I just, well, I, uh, I love it. And then it ends with, I will never ever watch this movie. I think that is so funny. With Citizen Kane, I would actually love for somebody to do an audit of the Citizen yeah. Kane reviews on Letterboxd and try to like, try to tally up how many fake like half and one star reviews of it there are and cancel out how many fake five star like yeah you know like uh kind of um you know self-aggrandizing of views there are and try to find like an actual consensus on um what users actually think about citizen kane <laughs> because i like like you said when i was uh when I was going through Paddington, like you said, there are so many reviews where clearly people are just like, I'm going to give Citizen Kane a half star because it'd be funny to yeah. like give like what is regarded as one of the best films of all time, a half star. Like that's funny yeah. and I'm funny and ironic to do that. But like 
a lot of people clearly <laughs> don't win. mean it. Yeah. And like, I insert Adam Sandler. This is how I win, Jeff. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I, I would love to see, because I mean, I'm sure there are just as many like people who are like, oh, yes, like Citizen Kane, five stars. And like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. you get it. You get well, yeah, because it's, it's, it, I love, it's one of the reasons I love Letterboxd because I, I truly do think that like if Rotten Tomatoes is this weird like haven of, you know, critical elitism, Letterboxd is like such a populist hellscape. It is the total opposite. Um, such that like, I think I have a, you know, and literally we play Rotten Tomatoes Prices, right? Like that is the juice of that game is being able to be like, okay, well, I know what I think about this movie and I'm pretty sure I can kind of guess what critics might think about it and like i don't have that mental faculty for the letterboxd reviews like you're totally right like i can look at whatever the kind of average of any movie is and be like i don't know i really don't know that i can determine anything from this because i'm like ah it's such chaos yeah yeah no and letter but letterboxd is uh letterboxd is the uh i just said letterboxd <laughs> Letterboxd is the is the superior platform. However, I uh, I I much prefer looking at like I think a, a film score in Letterboxd is much more indicative anymore of how I will feel about it than the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score because a lot of bad movies get certified fresh nowadays. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because it's the I mean it's the again we talk about it all the time, but it's the because it's just either a yes no positive. Right, positive right. negative which like yeah no it does just not work very critically well and also like letterbox is a popular hellscape but all the cool critics are on letterbox too so right right yeah anyway anyway good game good game anyway good game you wait can i ask can i ask really quickly because when caroline said transformers i thought it was a joke yeah uh, and then you said it was correct. Yeah. Have, have either of you seen this Transformers, the movie with Orson Welles as the villain from 1986? Uh, a long time ago, like when I was a child. I, but I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. I, I know I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I have not. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it. I just think through internet osmosis, I've seen scenes yeah. of it here and there. Yeah, that, that really broke my brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's his I almost last made a, performance. Yes. I like almost made a Transformers joke uh, in the in the in the first half and I'm sh- I'm kind of glad I didn't because then Carson said it I'm like, "Oh, that's clearly Transformers." Can I can I really do it do a quick uh, we record these episodes out of order. We're going to break the audience's brain. Yeah, do a shot of water. Real, yeah. Do a shot of do a shot. Oh, of water. it has it's and it's been a couple weeks. You can take a real You can shot. take a real <laughs> If you're over 21, you can responsibly take a real shot of real alcohol. Or if, if you, you live wish. in Europe. Or if you live in Europe where, you know, it's just uh, no rules, no laws. <laughs> or if or you're if a Halloween. heathen. Or you're heathen. Or if it's Halloween, because as we all know, there are no laws on Halloween. <laughs> or if it's purge night. <laughs> or if it's purge night, because we all know there are no laws on purge night. Oh, this took a turn. <laughs> this took a turn. Anyway. Anyway. Oh. Uh. With that, I think we're going to go watch the movie. Oh, yeah. Let's watch this thing. Awesome. So uh, we are going to go watch The Third Man, and we will see you guys just after the break. See you next time.
And we're back. We are back. In the streets of Vienna. Caroline, what do you think? Um, not at all what I was expecting. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, so wildly different than what I was expecting in, in so, 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 so many ways. Yeah. But I loved it. I yeah, loved right? It. There was a moment about probably like 15 or 20 minutes in, I think when he was talking to the porter for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, like, obviously the kind of, like, opening narration setting up Vienna where they're, like, there's the four different quadrants, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's presented, like, kind of humorously, and I was, like, kind of chuckling through it. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment, I think, in that first scene with the porter where it just clicks, and I'm like, like oh, shit, this is funny. Yeah, right? I was like, this is going to be funny. Like, yeah. I, you know, I was expecting it. You know, you kind of see it, you hear it referred to as noir, and I think that's going to be a, a large thrust of the conversation we have um is just kind of like the genre of this bad boy but it's one of those things where like you know i did a a very 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 small amount of research beforehand um and people were just like noir 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 so i was like okay like hard boiled crime story edgy edgy private eye detective boys like let's go and then like it starts with that um that soundtrack that like yeah, i believe it's called a zither it's yeah. called a zither is the name of that instrument and it's it's delightful it is and i yeah and like you get 20 minutes in and you're kind of like not believing your senses at first and then no. you're just like it, it just all falls into place you're like oh shit this is a comedy like yeah like it's a noir it has all of the like the genre beats of the noir film but like this is funny and like yeah. i'm gonna be able to like like and then because you know it's it's about like 90 minutes an hour 40 so you get like that 20 minutes in and you're just kind of like cool i get to lean back and for the next 85 minutes it's kind of like have a gas my like hot take about this it's not even a hot take it's just like a joke like a joke about this movie is that this is uh maybe the best episode of spongebob squarepants like <laughs> <laughs> it's got i mean it is that zither music like that zither music is so particular and so peculiar one because it's just not like a it it is not like an aural aural not oral but like aural landscape that you get in in it like most many other films ever it is just the one instrument doing all the work and that one instrument is so fucking weird um yeah that instrument it's I'm, I won't say it is impossible because nothing is in fully impossible, especially yeah. in the world of art, but like it's borderline impossible to build like really dramatic tension with one of those bad boys. It's like it, it constantly lends an air of, I don't want to even say irony because it's not like it, it, it isn't it doesn't really feel like this movie is making fun of like making fun of noirs in the way that like is like lampooning them or like tearing them down or mocking them. No. But it does feel like it is making fun yeah. of a noir movie. Like, yeah. like we have this noir movie and like let's kind of like like what if it was kind of like lackadaisical and what if what if it was just kind of silly and like fun? Yeah, because like even it's it's like I said, my story the first time I watched this, because initially I just saw the um the Ferris wheel scene. That's what I was shown like in class. And that scene gotcha. fucking rules, and we will get to it. Oh my god, it's so good. But that scene is the least like the most pitch black scene of the movie. 
by and far. And even then they're making jokes. Even then they're even making then, jokes to each other. Like, yeah. Everything, yeah. Everything Orson says is like, has got that air of like. Well, it's that like, in the end, I guess. It's that and then the death, the Harry right. Lyme death. It is. It's that scene in the ending. Yeah. Um, but it is that fun thing where everything Orson is saying, you can tell that his character believes it, but it's, it's that thing that like I say a lot on the show where it's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to say this with the intent of like eliciting a laugh. Like I am saying this because it is going to be fun to say and hopefully funny to hear, but it is a serious thought. You know what I mean? And like, that is so much of the tone that like Orson has throughout this movie is him. Like it's, it's that whole thing. And I love the line too, where he's just like, he's just like, you know, Italy had 500 years of like civil war turmoil and bloodshed and they produced Da Vinci and the Italian Renaissance. Switzerland had, uh, had 500 years of democracy. And what did they invent? The cuckoo clock. clock. And it's like, you can see that in another movie being a, like a super like gritty, dark, like no fuck democracy. Like, like let's be fascists, baby. Like you could see that being like this, like really dark, intense, hard boiled line. And he just kind of says it with a smile and is like, and it's like, isn't this kind of clever? He's like, it's true, but like, it's kind of clever too. It is. Well's performance is so, okay. I want to get to it. Okay. It's adorable. I love it. I love him. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Like it was one of those that I, again, I, like I was saying, I watched the movie basically on the promise of his performance and didn't realize that he wasn't going to enter the film until much later the first time i watched it so i was was being i was like all right where's orson where's orson i'm like wait is orson the dead guy and then watching this time watching it this time yeah yeah right my stupid ass the whole time until right now thought orson wells was the main guy i didn't realize he was i quit i'm going home (laughs) going home not Corey. Well, you know, Corey. Normally, normally, I will say like I will be like, oh, like Corey, like it's cool, like you're not as much of a film guy, but just like, yeah. like, don't you have a master's degree in theater? Okay, <laughs> Orson Welles. Listen, listen. He has like such a particular face. You are not wrong, and I, I, uh, <laughs> nope. I, mm, okay, well, <laughs> that's, that's okay. fine. That's fine. That's fine. I got my MFA revoked. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Dennis. I Carson has it now. I do. I've collected <laughs> yet another college degree. Another college degree. Oh, oh goody. What uh, money that will make me. But okay. Okay. I want to, I think that, and we're going to, I want to do, you know, kind of a very quick version of it, but I think that we should do this Patreon style. I think Ooh. we should real quick go through the plot because it's very drawn out on Wikipedia. So I think we should just like, I'm going to just paragraph by paragraph hit those plot points. Yeah. yeah let's do it. It's let's a plotty. It. It, it's a, I mean, it's yeah. a fucking, it's before we got in here. I said, this movie is a, a whole fucking vibe and it is a yeah. like hundred percent, a vibes movie, but it is also a noir movie. It's plotty. Right. All I right. mean, yeah, it's like a detective story. It's yeah. like, it's like you get a clue, you follow the lead yeah. that leads you to a clue or a dead end and you go from there. Yeah. It's like, it's like my favorite detective story, attack of the clones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, How it's dare a you. damn shame Holly Martins doesn't talk to Alana Sleesbog enough for the whole time. Uh, so <laughs> Holly Martins, played by Joseph Cotton, who looks uh, so much like Tom Hanks in this movie a lot of the time, is a, a thought oh, I had yeah. watching it this time. He's, yeah, he's got big Hanks that. vibes. Uh, Holly Mart- Martins, an American author of Western fiction, arrives in post Second World War Vienna, uh, which has been divided among the Allies, the Americans, the British, friends. It's that great opening that you were talking about. Seeking his childhood friend, Harry Lyme 
who has offered him a job. Martins is told that Lyme was killed by a car while crossing the street. At Lyme's funeral, Martins meets two British Royal Military Police, Sergeant Payne, who's a fan of Martins' books, and his superior, Major Calloway. Afterwards, Martins is asked by Mr. Crabbe to give a lecture at the book club a few days later. He then meets a friend of Lyme's, Baron Kurtz, who tells Martin that he and another friend, a Romanian called Popescu, don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, carried Lyme to the side of the street after the accident. Before he died, Lyme asked them to take, excuse me, there's a burp. That's real. That's that's naturalism, baby. That's what you get when you listen to this podcast is Carson burping. Lime asked them to take care of Martin's and Lime's girlfriend, actress Anna Schmidt. So already, that's the first 20 minutes of the movie. That's that's yeah. basically the cutoff you were talking about when you realize. I mean, and it's, you know, I, 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 you know, it's when the kind of mystery is revealed, you realize kind of, oh, this thing's funny. Um, that is so fucking plotty. There's so much plot in this goddamn movie. And it it is kind of amazing that it never feels it never feels like it's too much. It never slows it down. No, no. Yeah. It, it is that thing where it's like, you know, I just watched this movie um, the night before the night before last. And when you said at the beginning of this thing, you're like, it's a really plotty movie. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, not really. His friend dies. He looks for him and then he finds him. And then he said, so, but it's like, it's like when you do go through all of those details, it's like, fuck, this is like a really plotty movie. There's a lot of people and they all have names and their names are all really good. Uh, Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is, I mean, so this is one of those things where um, I took German all through high school and college. uh, Well, not really, like, all through college, but, like, that's the language I took. Yeah, yeah, so I I don't speak German at all, but, like, because it's been so many years, but it's one of those things where, like, I can especially small talk like in movies where it's like an American goes to Berlin and they're Mm -hmm. making just like the very functional conversation. It's one of those things where like I can almost understand it and I can always pick up on like the vibe. So it's one of those things where it's like whenever I watch a movie like this and it's the same thing too. um, As of last month, all three of us have been in three different productions of Cabaret in some yes. capacity. Yes, And it's the whole thing through Cabaret, both the movie and the film, where it's just like there are these scenes where it's just like they're speaking German around him and he doesn't – and like he doesn't know what it means. They don't translate it for the audience. And I always do wonder. I'm like, I'm like am I supposed to be left like very confused by this scene or like is it supposed to be like this easily telegraphed? But this movie is one of those things where – even though there is a lot of German and he keeps going to places and it like becomes a joke. And it's almost, not subtitled. It's like, yeah, it's not subtitled yeah. because it's, you know, he's your POV character. It is that thing where it's like, it almost becomes the joke of like him going to a new place and then somebody just giving him a spiel in German and being like, <laughs> English, you, I don't speak any German. And then they like, any. and then they, they don't like go on in English and then he just asks somebody. Yeah. Um, and so it is that thing where it's like, it's a kind of half a joke throughout most of it it's so the, it keeps a lot of it moving along and it makes that delivery of information a lot more natural in the sense that like it never has that vibe of like you you i can't believe i'm gonna make this comparison but the comparison you just made of attack yeah. of the clones yep. where he just shows up to a new place and it's just like it's just like I found this. What is it? It's a Camino dart. Okay. Okay. It goes to Camino. I found this dart. What does it mean? Here, it belongs to this guy right here. You know what I mean? Army. 
it's it's never that thing where it's just like you walk into a yeah. scene and it's just like here's the question here's the answer okay thank you for the end of this like plot point yes. there is always you know it's kind of that thing of because the character is like struggling through the scene very naturally but not struggling to get that information you know it's not like him like fighting somebody to get the information a lot of the time a lot of it is just him trying to make his way through the city yeah like you you pick up on that information and it doesn't feel plotty because it feels so organically delivered yeah it because it, the rpov character is so confused i mean it's it's the it's the it's the it is the scene where he is told that his friend is dead and he's just like, what the, he's just asking the porter. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's, he's like, what? What? it's like, tote, kaput. Yeah, <laughs> done. Like he's dead. And he's like, he's like, okay. And it's, you know, and that's the confusion. He doesn't really have it until like a scene later when he's actually seeing the funeral. He's like, oh, oh shit. No, he's dead. Like, you know, the, the first of the two funerals. Um, but I, I mean, and it is this kind of particular it's the strange magic of movie making. It's a, uh, you know, listening to some of the episodes past, I think, I don't know if I've made this observation before, but I, I, I use the word alchemy to describe you movies do. a lot. Yes, yeah, I do. Yes. Which, which is, I, I think, I think, you know, I think you'd understand what I meant. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I can't really put my finger on exactly the element that makes me feel like this about a movie, but it's kind of all of them. It's the mise-en-scene altogether kind right, of magically right. creates it's- a thing. Well, because that's the thing is it's it's the whole the whole thing with film is it's just like, you know, we filmed a guy walking through a door yeah. and then we filmed like a woman like, you know, in a yeah. kitchen and then we film a shot of him smiling and then we film a shot of her smiling. And um, when you show all four of those things that we shot 20 minutes apart from one another. When you show them in sequence, it looks like a guy walks into a room yeah, and he and his yeah. like his lady friend are happy to see each other. Cool shot of and it's, just, shit. it's like yeah, none of yeah. it is meaningful in and of itself necessarily. But so it is that like the editing and the shot composition, which the the shot composition in this is really touching. Dutch angles, touching. It's always like a, like, a, like not even a fifteen degree, like an no, eight and a half degree Dutch angle. It's so which weird. is fun because it it lends like. It lends a bit of interest to the scene. It gives yeah. you that, like, a little bit of uneasy feeling and a yes. little bit of, um, a little bit of just like that intrigue that like he's feeling the entire time of just like I'm just like okay like like something's a little bit wrong in yeah. every scene and yes. he, and like he walks in and he's like something is a little bit wrong here. Let's try to figure out what it is and it always gives it that thing. And I mean, it is an alchemy. Yeah. Which is um, this is a very a very side tangent, but there was a there was a a, a very dumb tweet that went viral yesterday, I, um, and it wasn't actually even a tweet. Ca- it was a Caroline's uh, tells Carson about dumb tweets on Twitter corner. Yeah, because I he, he's not on Twitter anymore. Yeah, but it, it's more of it was an article that went viral where this guy was like, "Well, I stayed home to watch Dune on HBO Go because I wanted to know what Dune really was, not just what it looked like and sounded like." That's what and it's like it's like it's like what what else do you think a movie is my guy it is image Uh. and sound like it is (laughs) it is a series of hundreds of thousands of images played along with a typically played along with a soundtrack and from that you um you 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 think i would like to have you seen i've i've shown you or have referenced certainly the the david lynch the David Lynch interview where he talks about walk, watching films on your phone. Yes. 
No, I ha- I know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch it when we're done with this. But David Lynch, <laughs> I feel like I reference this all the time. He's, you know, because it's him talking about how you should see movies in theaters. And he he says, he's like, if you, if <laughs> you people watch films on the telephone, they'll think that they've seen the movie. But if you watch a film on your fucking telephone, you won't have seen one billionth of that movie. <laughs> that's a that's a very halfway decent David Lynch fucking you have telephone. There. But I have it because I, mean, I quote that all the time. I I think I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I think I think on the spectrum of watching a movie on your phone, you won't have got one billionth Billion. of, uh, of the film. And um, between that and like, you have to watch a movie in the fucking theater. Like, yeah, like otherwise, like, like, and there's no middle ground. It's like, we're like somewhere between those two points is the truth, but yeah. like not necessarily. But like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It's it's you know, but but to your point, I mean, and, and starting back to third man, like I'm saying, the alchemy of this fucking movie really is. It's like none of these in in out of context, nearly all the elements of this film seem really at odds. Like the sound, the zither soundtrack mm-hmm. and the like light Dutch angles that just pervade the cinematography. And and it's it's not like particularly formalist in terms of just its out of context but give it given just when this movie was shot the acting is a lot more formal than we're sort of used to now it's a lot less naturalistic and like all of those elements seem really at odds but together they create such a a sense that the word i kept thinking of watching this was was like playfulness it is so like you're saying it's it's having fun it is so just damn playful with everything yes correct 110 percent. and it feels like you know it the thing that i kept thinking of when i was watching it is you know is it feels like in a lot of ways theater in the sense that like you know for the last 500 years like everyone who's ever done more than one play in their life has been in a Shakespeare. You know what I mean? It's just, it's these, it's, they're these scripts that we like do again and again and again and again. And like the fun thing about live theater is, is it's like, okay, like we all know how these things go Mm -hmm. and like, we're not going to change the story. We're not going to change the words. We're not going to like do any of that, but like, let's do something different. Like let's do something a little fun. Like let's kind of, if not commenting on the text itself, let's mess with the form a little bit and see what like we can get out of it. And that's what I felt this movie was doing a lot with noir in that, as I mentioned earlier, you you feel like you could almost see this exact same script being shot like the most hard boiled, like intense way possible without changing a single line of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's like yeah. on the road to pastiche, but it never, it never goes there. It never goes all the way, in a way that's just endlessly interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and and it is almost I think too because what this is what nineteen forty nine. Let me look. I believe. Uh, it, yeah, it's forty nine. Yep, forty nine. 
so I mean, you know, like, um, what are they called? Um, noirs kind mm-hmm. of have their heyday in the thirties, you know, yeah. that's like when they really take off. So, you know, you have almost 15, you know, you have 15 to 20 years of like these things being all over the place and made all the time. So it is, you know, it does kind of feel like that thing of just like, all right, like, like, we know we know how you think this is gonna go but like roll with us you know like how any dominant genre either like every dominant genre towards the end of its life there are the most trite cliche generic like worst excuses for the form uh imaginable alongside really clever like subtle reinventions of it and this movie really feels like the um like the latter. Yeah, it's how Logan's secretly a Western, you know? It's <sighs> it's that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie that came out in 2015 really being at the, the end of end the superhero. Of the superhero. Yeah, it was so weird to think about. I was oh, just saw a post about that on Instagram. Like, from, really, from really, really quick it's sidebar. Insane. Remember yeah. how every time any movie has come out post the first Avengers, which was nine years ago? Yeah. How every time a movie comes out in the superhero genre, we get a think piece that's just like, is this the last big superhero tentpole? Like, yeah. like, has this genre finally died? And everyone's just like, no. no. Like, nah, not yet. Okay. Uh, continuing on. The porter offers to give Martin some information, but someone kills him before Martin can talk to him. Martin arrives with Anna. Uh, I skipped a whole thing. So he meets, okay, whatever, going back. He he meets Anna. She's a major character. That's the other, like, you know, big, there's like four major characters in this movie, really. And she's she's huge. What, what, what do we think of Anna? Anna rules. I mean, she's great. Yeah. She's so she's cool. Great. She's so cool. She's doing, I mean, he meets her at the play. She's, she's a fucking actress. So cool. She just does all the, like, again, and their chit-chat is hilarious. And like the, there is some legitimate tension up until maybe the last third of the movie where you're like, oh, is she, is she not being honest here? Like what's going on? Like basically until Harry Lime is like so callous toward her that you're like, oh, okay, well she truly did not know what was going on. You right. Know? And so like in the very stereotypical way that, um, you know, like, the kind of the two the two archetypes of like female characters in noirs are the helpless dame and the femme fatale mm-hmm. and she's just kind of like neither of those no. she's just kind of like a person who's mixed up in all of this and helps out where she can and also they kind of fuck her over at every turn and yep. also towards the end when you think like like i obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves here but like i love that final shot Mm-hmm. where it's just that long take of her like walking and they never cut to anything else and she just no. she walks past him he looks at her she doesn't really pay much mind to him and then she just keeps walking and then he stands there and then the end fades up um yeah um i mean yeah it, you're you're 100 right like it's it's it, it is one of those elements of the movie that is of the writing especially that is being playful with the genre because you kind of keep expecting her to turn into one of those archetypes Right. Like you keep right. expecting her to double cross Holly or to like be a hostage. Yeah, like like fall, like fall into Holly's arms and then the next scene fucking Harry takes her or something, you know, right. and like holds her at gunpoint. Like that never happens. Like it just she just is a person that happens to be mixed up on this. And like every scene with her is a like a very entertaining dead end. It's right. it's wild. Like and then okay, so 
you know, they, they, they figure out, they, they discover her passport is forged, which I just love. I, I also, okay, there's something about Vienna. We got to talk about Vienna a, a little bit more in detail in the way it's used in this. This is, I do want to say, the second movie this season that starts with somebody uh, coming into Vienna via train that we've done. That's true. Yes, That's true. yes, it's very particular. It was something I was thinking about. Watching. I was like, oh yeah, uh, this is reminiscent of <laughs> Before Sunrise. But just... Again, I keep saying it's a vibes movie and it's an alchemy movie, but like Vienna is like such a, <laughs> here's an original statement. Vienna's like such a character in this movie. But like well, for real, <laughs> like like the, you get j- just the feel you get from Vienna of it being this liminal space for everyone who is there because it's split into four and because it's like half bombed. Out. It's like half the city is bombed out and half the city is just kind of a lovely European town where people are doing other shit, like, and they kind right. of are going about their day, not worrying. And you about can the essentially be in four different countries at once, and yeah. so all of the all of the authorities have like approximately two and a half miles. Mile. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. End. Like the whole, the, just the reveal that Lime's like, oh, he's hiding out in the Russia side. Shit, we can't get to him there. He's <laughs> right. like, he's two streets over, and we just can't. Right, find right, him. right, like, right, right. Like, it's great. And like all the, I mean, anytime there's business with, I mean, the whole chase through the bombed out building with Holly and the, and the cops is like, so cool. Like such, such, so moody and so fun and such a weird, just a weird setting that I've not really think I've seen in this type of movie before. You know, it is like, so I just love Vienna. I love the way it's shot. It, it totally matches all the Dutch angles and the weird soundtrack like it does make everything it's very impressionistic from holly's point of view the entire film you know right is great it is great so we get to i'm just skipping ahead because i want to get to this right so martin's visits lime's medical advisor dr vinkle which that dr vinkle not winkle Right. He says that uh, he arrived at the accident where, you know, Lime got killed and he was dead. Claims only two men were there. <gasps> oh, and then we get a little bit more and we get to the name of the, the name of Mobius, the third man. And also the there's the, 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 the little dog that the other guy had is there's at his dog. house. There's the dog. The little, the little Wiener dog. The little Wiener dog. And he's like, what's this dog doing here? These people all seem to know each other. Something is afoot. And, you know, it's after this that kind of Martin's, he, he starts to come across his idea that like, oh, well, he's been murdered. It's a murder right. and I need to solve it, which. And there's that, yeah, and there's a cover up. And there's a cover up. Yeah, because there was a third person there. Everyone is clearly lying to him about something, like some aspect right. of this. Um, and so, and it's, and it's interesting. And he's an interesting character because he is a writer and because you get that he writes like fucking dime store, like paperback, like Western novellas. He is the kind of guy that would be, you know, really, um, it, it makes sense that he's pulled in all this. He's kind of, he's maybe into the excitement of it a little bit. Right. Yeah. It's great. Um, he talks about, I mean, okay. And then he goes to the book club, this book club scene. I love that book club scene. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Like, this is like when he gets kidnapped yes. and and you think he's yes. gonna get like his ass kicked mm-hmm. and then and then they're just like we're so sorry like like we we couldn't find you at your hotel so we just sent a car like to bring you to the to the to the to the book talk back that you agreed to do yesterday right no that was such a funny fucking that was such a funny joke it's so funny it's so funny and then and then it immediately gets into like he is just 
And it's, it's funnier if you consider like being any of those people in the crowd and just watching this like, oh yeah, this right, yeah, this American writer, he writes those like fun Western books I like. And this guy is just like sweating his ass off and seemingly talking in code to multiple people in the audience, <laughs> right. being actively hostile to everyone who asks him a question. Like, it's great because he thinks he's involved in this like massive conspiracy, which as we, you know, as we discussed, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're like, oh, that wasn't actually that complex. You know, it was not, it's kind of just him, yeah, it was, it, it's him being in the dark that leads to you thinking it's going to be so like twisty turny. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he notices the two thugs and he just flees. Another hilarious, like him deciding to do the run is a hilarious shot of him just like doing the like whip turn and just like going. <laughs> is great. Um, and then he flees through the Bandat city. It's great. Um, and then, so then he hears from the cops from Callaway that, uh, you know, he gets the whole like stealing penicillin thing. Like he basically explains to him everything that's been going on except for where Lime is. Right. And it's that thing of like, you know, um, the whole time you think Lime is, you know, a victim and all of mm-hmm. this and, like, my poor best friend. And then it's like, no, he's a fucking crook. Yeah, like, he's, like, he's like a murderous crook. Right, right. Just like, just like, I mean, yeah, he, 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 you know, fucked over so many people that, like, it's no shit somebody, he, like, killed him. It's like, you're right, it probably was a murder because, like, he was a fucking shitty dude. Like, yeah. like a, it could have been, you know, and then at that point it adds, because you do think it's like, okay, well then now the obvious answer for this is like, he killed, he accidentally, his like shit penicillin accidentally killed the wrong person and then somebody got some revenge for him. Right. But then immediately you get to like that midpoint in the movie where fucking my man Orson just steps out. Right. Well, and one thing I want to say too is a thing that I do like that this movie a choice that the movie makes that I think is an extremely important one is the fact that he's like, you know, you couldn't get penicillin anywhere. It's like, oh, what a shame. Mm-hmm. So he stole all of the penicillin. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, man of the people. And it's like, and he watered it down and, and sold, sold it, it and made a profit. And then everyone who took it died. And yeah. you're like, oh shit. Okay, no. never mind. Because it is one of those things where it's like, especially in like, you know, in post-war Central Germany or Central Central Europe where everything is, you know, where everything is in shambles and like no mm-hmm. one can afford food and all of this stuff. It is kind of that thing where like it's hard to really root for the military police mm-hmm. <laughs> in that yeah. scenario. Especially like if you know anything about just like history and even even if it's like, you know, even if it's like that they're not crooks themselves, it's just like, you know, it's like it's like people are starving, like people are desperate, like people gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah. And so when they're just like they're just like, Yeah, not only did he like steal all of this stuff to like ostensibly give it back to the people he ruined it and then not only did like the soldiers who needed the penicillin died but then the people he sold it to who are citizens who needed it died so like twice as many people died yeah yeah double death uh, bad 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 all around yeah. i mean which, which is good because like you know whenever whenever i hear anybody stealing from cops i'm like yeah yeah like, like, yeah and it's it, man of the people yeah, and it helps because you've already gotten I mean, again, to a comical degree, fucking like how inept these people are. Like in how so inept the cops are, but also like our POV character just immediately is like, "Wait, you're a cop? I don't like cops. Let me list off to you all the ways in which I don't like cops." Well, the guy's right. just like, "Okay, are you done? Okay, are you done? Okay, are you done?" <laughs> like, I get it. You don't yeah. like me. That's fine. We need to like let's move on. Right. 
you know and uh yeah but so like okay so then we get to the midpoint of the movie and fucking orson is just in that beam of light and it's so i i really the the only thing i have to say is knowing that orson wells was in this movie was like honestly such a Mm -hmm. bummer because it was one of those things where like it was like so i got like 45 minutes in because i kept expecting orson to come out because it's just like okay like his friend said like he's probably gonna go to the cops like orson will be the head detective yeah because i didn't look it up i didn't look up who he played like any of that stuff i just i thought he was like the lead of the film because it's you know if you if you do any you know when we were doing our very preliminary like okay let's put together a season like let's find some images for like social media like let's just you know kind of like Let's look into the films, decide like a fun order to do them in. It's just like, if you know anything about the film, it's that Orson Welles is in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's not even a question. And so the entire time, I'm just like, where the fuck is this guy? And then, Corey, you had texted us when you were watching it, like the night before I watched it. And you were just like, you were just like, you're just like, I just wanted to double check. Like, did Orson Welles direct this or act in it? And Carson was like, mm. he acted in it. So then when we got, and I knew he wasn't the director, but Corey, when you had some confusion about whether or not Orson Welles was in it, yeah. I was having some confusion as to whether or not Orson Welles was in it. <laughs> yeah. that, like 40 minutes in, I then was like, what the fuck is going on? So I scrolled to IMDb and I was like, am I watching the wrong no. movie? And, and like, of course he's first build. Cause what I was, what I was hoping would happen yeah. since he, since I was 40 minutes in and he was not in it yet i was really hoping that i would pull it up and i would see like holly you know i would see like his face yeah and just be like uh what's his name joe cotton cotton yeah 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 um, joseph cotton. yeah joseph cotton i was hoping to just like see him right there and be like cool like that that's my guy right there orson wells's first build is harry lime I'm like god damn it yeah. like, <laughs> yep, yep, so yep, yep. i did have that ruined for me a little bit um which is just kind of one of those things i mean it's one of those things like you know it's like if you know anything about the culture whatsoever it's kind of a spoiler just because this film exists kind of like how Mm -hmm. you know the thing is like everybody knows that bruce willis is dead in the sixth sense like like you like everybody like as a child knows darth vader as luke's father before uh you know, but before they've even seen the film as a five-year-old. So it's like that thing of just like, it's like, well, I know Orson Welles is in this movie and I'm 25 minutes in and he's not here. So it's going to be a big fucking twist, huh? Yeah, he's got to be so, someone. Right. It's like, it's yeah. like, it's going to be a big reveal because like you don't have Orson Welles in your movie top build and not have him in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not have him like be, like be in the movie. I mean, he's right. not in a good half of it. Right. Um, but when he just, this... This dude, this dude. Let's just talk Wells. I want to talk. I want to talk Wells. His performance is so good. Hashtag He's talking Wells. Talking Wells. I mean, uh, hey, uh, uh, hot take. Orson Wells is a good actor. Um, well, but Carson, what? you're so brave. I know. I just look. I know. Carson, you're canceled. Wells has been canceled, and I want to reclaim him now. But like the smirk he gives. Just his beam of light. He's in the beam of light. And he gives just that little smirk that like just speaks eons. You know, like dude's right. got the best mug in the game. Well, had right. he's dead, but had the best true, mug in true. the game. Also, also how brave of you for um for putting that on the record. Yeah. 
that Orson Welles is dead. Yes. That Orson Welles is dead. <laughs> so, so brave of you. He's or not dead. Bravest, his bravest episode of the season. He's uh, No, not even close. I'm not going to get anywhere near as brave as uh, uh, Legally Blonde. But Shut your like, <laughs> Welles, I mean, right. okay, let's just skip ahead. So can we talk about the Ferris wheel scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's so good in that. And it, it's like you said, it is the that you it just speaks eons that you immediately get who this guy is from his delivery you really don't need to learn that much about harry lime other than like okay you learn he's a bad guy but like you know that he's a bad dude that's willing to let people die and you know that our lead was friends with him that's about all you know about him and that he's just charming as all hell he is and you get why like Anna's still a little caught up on this guy you get why holly was friends with him and Yeah, and it's it's the thrust of that scene being him sort of demonstrating his character as being this very dangerous dude who's super duper charismatic, such that like he uses his own charisma as a shield for his own morality. Like you know, it, right. it's the the ah oh, the fucking the god shit is so good. Yeah, well, and I mean, like we we kind of breeze past it, but it's even in that first shot where it's yeah. like. You know, in in another movie, because like he's ostensibly your villain. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like it's like there are other films where, like, the reveal is there, and he just goes, oh, "Harry," and then he mm-hmm. just scowls at him. Hey. Or there's another, yeah. or there's another version where he does smile, but it's that like that like menacing like "fuck you," like "I'm gonna kill you," like 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 yeah, I, like yeah. I like I've won like smile. But it's really not. It's just that, like, it's like Harry, and he's like, "What's up, buddy?" And it's the like, like, just like, okay, oh, hey. like, didn't like, glad you're here. And it's like the he's clearly having some joy that he's making his friend think that he's seeing a ghost, right? And just that, like, just that thing of just like, it's just like oh, Harry. And it's like mm, you got me, you got <laughs> me, like, mm. like, like, haha, good point. Like you're right, it's, I'm here. <laughs> do you ever see the the fucking uh, the Kristen Wiig Gilly sketches on SNL? A long time ago, Gilly aired. <laughs> Gilly, <laughs> what? Sorry, that. that's the vibe of it. It's yeah, but yeah, he gives him that coy little smile and then runs away. I mean, seemingly just to be a dramatic little bitch, like just to right. just to like build some tension and like kind of you. You also get the the idea that this guy knows that he's charismatic. I mean, it's why he's so good at Citizen Kane too. Like he knows he's charismatic. He knows that he has everybody in the palm of his hand, right? And he likes to play with that. You know, he is right. as playful as the movie is. And then that is basically what the whole fucking ferris wheel scene is too it's it's you get that it is the most like dark part of the movie it is there is a lot of legitimate tension over whether or not harry's going to try and kill our main character um which then he immediately deflates he's like i'm not gonna try and kill you come on like come on right i'm not gonna kill you right. why would i do that that's stupid like come on the the holly gripping the side of the oh that is so good Gets me every time I see it. Like him just just very slowly putting his arm around it because he's like, oh, I could get pushed <laughs> off here. Yeah. It's like so good. Um, and then like from there, it is just this weird. It is at that point, the, the mystery is sort of over. 
you know, right. the, because we know all the puzzle pieces are together. We know, like, okay, he faked his own death. We know who he put in the grave. Like, we know what his plan was, why the cops are after, like, every, the last nearly 30 minutes of the movie is is no longer a detective story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is that thing with with a lot of, you know, a lot of especially crime films of it's the first two acts are are like figuring out how it was done yeah and then like the last act is catching the guy or or it's the other way around is it we have no idea how this is done but we've like you know we've got all these leads and then the final act is just putting all of the pieces together it's like it's like you can't really sustain like the last shot of your movie can't be and then we found the killer like we've been looking the whole time we had no idea who it is and in the last shot we find him and it's like you know, you you want that payoff of like, we like we found him, and we got him. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. but like, yeah, it is it is just kind of like once once all of those pieces are in place, it then switches from, um, from like trying to figure out how it all went down to just like, so how do we get the guy? Like, yeah. how do we get him? But and like, the answer is swarm him with a yeah. fuck ton of cops. Yeah, like there's not even like, the, like that's the thing. There's no like grand there's no like grand twist or turn or like you know scooby-doo-esque plan to catch lime right the plan is okay this guy's on our side and he tells him to meet him here and we're just gonna have a bunch of guys there to get him when he comes like right and then yeah and then like the tension is just kind of the action will he get him but okay and tell me what you think about this but then to the to the to lime's final death after that like great sewer chase because to me, again, one of the striking things is just, like, how little catharsis there is, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. that Holly killed, that, I mean, it is very, um, it is very, it's very complete in story terms. Like, it, it, it feels like a real artistic statement that it's Holly's the one that gets him, and then, oh, and you get, oh, and then the, the other great just look that Orson Welles gives that, like, speaks volumes is him giving him the, like, I am scared, just do it. Like, come on. Just do it. And he has and he has the gun. And you can see in the shot, he's still got the gun in his hand. He could point the gun at him. He could do whatever, but he's just like, nope, I'm done. Just do it. You know? Well, and I was I was convinced not to jump ahead. Sure. I was convinced that he was gonna walk out at the end. That That Wells was going to. Because because like they they cut back to the same cemetery. Mm-hmm. they they bury another casket because mm-hmm. you know it's that it's that rule of just like if you don't see the guy die he's not dead yeah. but if there is a character in a movie if he dies off screen he's fucking alive like for all intents and purposes like you have to assume he's alive yeah. um and so it was that thing where it's like he dies off screen and he comes back and it didn't really seem like at least that we saw that the cops then went and like recovered the body he kind of came out and then they were all just like oh you got him and he was just like yep i'm done and so i was i was so convinced that like the two of them were gonna walk out of the cemetery and like orson was gonna like step out from the shadows and give a coy little smile and like go off into the night but then we um, get the sequel the fourth man the fourth man yeah which and the fourth man is a woman what (laughs) i'm not convinced that he's dead are are we meant to be convinced that orson wells was shot and that he's in the ground i mean i I don't know i think there's enough i mean okay having now watched it twice my my interpretation is he's dead that's that's i think the most 
because it's kind of the least cathartic ending because right. I think the you know the fun ending would be what Caroline's saying it would be the you know and then Orson Welles just steps out from behind a tree and gives a, a coy little smile and then they're they're right. working together and it's all been a setup and it's all been an Ocean's Eleven but Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's going to be like, I thought it was going to be like, we find out that the whole thing, um, you know, that Holly was in on the setup from the beginning, that the whole thing was like, hey, come into town, start poking around in mm -hmm. my death. Like, we'll get the cops involved. Like, we'll make them think like, yeah. like we'll make them think that I'm dead. Like, we will we will get them all involved. It's like, like do the whole two. thing fake deaths right exactly. murders to exactly. really properly kill me off yeah exactly and like yeah. that's kind of what i thought was going to be the twist mm -hmm. but but i mean like Corey, to your point i think i think that my rule of thumb is if the film in any way leaves something ambiguous then there is no proper answer yeah yeah sure like you could interpret you know, it anyway i think yeah it's just that thing of like of like if if Carol Reed wanted you to be like, he is 100% super fucking dead, yeah. shot in the goddamn face, he's dead, God, like, yeah. he'd show you a body. Yeah. And it's it's sure. one of those things where it's, it's, it's less about whether or not that is 100% definitive and more about, like, all right, it's over now, like... We're yeah. done. We're done playing cops and robbers. Like mm -hmm. we're done doing our 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 American pulp fantasy in Europe. Like mm -hmm. I'm going home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and it's just about how the kind of the morality of those stories is so bleak if you think about it for like a second. Right. You know? Right. And 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 it's a thing too where it's just like I mean, especially fucking four years after World War Two. Yeah. It's God. like. It's like you go to this war-torn city, you know, you, 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 you get involved with the gangsters and the military police mm -hmm. and like the beautiful, like the beautiful women there. And like yeah, you're, you're, you're running through, you know, you're running through the bombed out things, you know, you're, you're running through this bombed out city, blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, they pour all of this time and resource and effort. And like at the end of the day, like they shoot one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Vian hasn't changed. Yeah. Like, he's one guy. Like, yeah. like there's, he still guy. has five accomplices that we know of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just that thing of, like, of like I, I think it's fun that he is an American Western pulp novelist mm -hmm. because it is just that thing of, like, you know, it, it's that classic, like, American, like, you know, America fuck yeah thing of just, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to solve this case and I'm going to, like, like, I'm going to get swept up in a grand adventure. And it's like, cool, you shot a guy. But everybody who helped him and everybody who, like, everybody but him who profited off of this thing, like, I'm still there. Like, it's, yeah. like, you didn't do it. Like, I mean, sure, you yeah. technically did something. And, like, I guess you got an arc, my dude. But, like. Yeah, yeah. But, like. Like, your girlfriend got deported and. uh yeah. Well, like, I guess she didn't. I guess she didn't. They she, let her stay. She, but she like, didn't. Yeah. They let her stay. That right. is like maybe there's the one thing. But, but even that, there's the ambiguity there where it's like, I don't know. I mean, and she says it. Anna's like, look, she keeps calling him by Harry's name. Keeps right. like, you know, they don't ever really actually get together. There's clearly some attraction there. But it is it is another subversion of the trope where it's like in a kind of, you know, your standard adventuresome fucking American in Paris, whatever film they get together at the end and they kind of really don't like there's right there's right, just right. so much ambiguity there and and yeah and it is just that thing of like you know that thing too where it's like it's like 
sure, they don't deport her like they were going yeah. to do 18 hours ago. But, like, like the one cop didn't deport her. Like, next time she's in trouble, she's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, they didn't give her a passport. They didn't give her, like, a position in, like, Her Majesty's, like, royal whatever. There's like, there's like, well, we were going to, we were going to load you on that train and I guess your stuff is gone now because we did load your bags on the train, but like, but like, guess what? We're not going to force you to go back. Like we're not going to force you out of this bombed out city. You can stay here and do like German Moliere plays or whatever the fuck (laughs) Exactly. Like it's fine. With just like two suitcases less of the things you had last week. Like, yeah, you could do that, I guess. It, it, I keep thinking about, I, you know, even after I just, I watched it last night, but even the next day and like, I keep the first time I watched it too. I just kept fucking for like a week, just thinking about Orson Welles fucking face right before he gets shot. Just thinking about like all that legitimate. And, and this is another thing I wanted to say about Orson Welles performance is like, it, it plays very formalist, like very formalist. Like I said before to us now, just given that was sort of the acting of the time, but right. Wells comparatively to everybody else in this movie is so fucking naturalistic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he is so vulnerable in a really in a way that almost plays as modern. Right. Well, and there's like I mean we've talked about how charming he is. We've talked yeah. about how like all that stuff. It is just like that smooth sophistication of like you know, it 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 feels like it feels like the most like formalist like best trained most incredible actor in the world just kind of down like two yeah. shots you yeah. know what i mean it's like it's like he loose. just took like two 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 long pulls of whiskey before mm-hmm. he started and now it's like it's like all right like we took that edge off like let's sand those edges off let's just like like you know i'm i'm rehearsed i can hit my marks but just like just like let's 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 relax it just like 18 percent, and it does a lot for for the movie because and it's because that character is harry lime is playing a game you know he thinks that he is one ahead of everyone he's playing his weird ghost games and he's selling his shitty penicillin and everyone else is so fucking serious and so really swept up in the in the mystery of this and in the, in right. the just how how dark this plan that he's doing is and then that all changes when that last shot when he finally when he is so utterly scared and he just is is allows himself to be killed. It is, you know, and that is the, the moment where he just finally drops the facade. Finally. Right. And it's um yeah, I don't know. It's profound. I like it. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. No, yeah. I do too. It was it was a blast. It was a blast. Uh well, Caroline, any any final thoughts? Any last? Um no, like honestly, like I think we mostly covered it. Yeah. It's it's one of those movies where, you know, I mean, we can sit here for hours and just like, you know, like I am very smart. I know about this. Like I can talk about the 70 year old movie for yeah. like, I can talk about like, like how, how it relates to the genre of the time. Like, hoi, doi, 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 like very hoi, doi, doi, let's talk it. about impressionism. Yeah. But like yeah. at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, you just kind of put it on and it is it is carson as you said in the beginning of this episode a fucking vibe it's a fucking vibe it truly is it's an like, and that's and that's zither and that zither that zither and it's just it's so good uh all right well i think that's the third man 
I think so too. I think so too. Um, great, great movie. Great, great movie. movie. I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really glad yeah. we we got to this inspiration one. for Jack White's record company. So you oh, know that's yeah, cool. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack White's like weirdly into Orson Welles. That that makes that's sense to thing. me. Yeah, that he's he's weirdly into a lot of weird stuff. That's that's his whole thing, kind of. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Corey, you wanna you got any final thoughts? You wanna you wanna do those? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I have many more uh, final thoughts on the movie. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I know what Orson Welles looks like now. I yeah. <laughs> he's tremendous. a pudgy boy. He's like he's got such pudge, but he's so handsome. Yes. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. I I've just kind of been over here in my producer corner, uh, crying in shame this whole episode. Oh no. No, you're good, BB. Um, so I got all my catharsis, even though the movie didn't give it. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Great. Great episode. Lovely movie. Um. If you like what you hear, uh, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review, if possible, also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/hhynspodcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at H-H-Y-N-S pod. A very special thank you to our patrons, Caitlin Matthews, Stephen Woosley, and Nihar Fadke. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod. I'm yeah. so excited about the Patreon content. And yeah, I mean, I am really excited for the yeah. Patreon content that we recorded yeah. um, that is about to come out and all of the stuff that we have yet to record for the end of this year. Um, oh, yeah. If you like Dune, if you, if you like Dune, if you like Dune, if you like Dune, throw us five either of the time of your life. If, 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 if you enjoy Dune and you enjoy Carson and I just <laughs> digging into the most ridiculously small minutia of extremely dumb things that Corey clearly doesn't give a That's shit about. no context for. Head on over to our Patreon okay. because we, in the month of November, we are um, at the $1 level. Um, you're going to get a, um, like our, our monthly recap. What have we seen? Um, in which We saw we, Dune. We yeah, saw Dune. The the big thing, the main character, as we called it this month, is is Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Um, we do a long form part review one. there, and then yeah, Dune Part One. Dune hey, part one. green lighted baby, it's coming. Um, yeah, you get to and, be really concerned that there won't be a part two, <laughs> right? And then at the ten dollar yep. level, um, twice per quarter, mm. we are doing um commentary tracks. So the one that will be dropping in November of this year is going to be a commentary track on david lynch's dune yeah. which was extremely fun to record oh. if i do say so myself oh so fun so fun to watch I, for most of it i will say i like that movie uh, yeah more than most people and um, then the rest yeah. of the year we'll be covering the rest of the sam raimi spider-man movies yeah. and in december um we are going to be doing um similar to november with dune we're going to be doing spider-man um, the new Marvel Spider-Man. No way home. No, no way, way home. home. No, no way home. No way home. Which just got two new characters added today. Wait, it did. Uh, Sandman and the Lizard are like confirmed. <gasps> like Thomas Hayden Church. Like Thomas Sandman? Hayden Church. Sandman. Uh, he's from. He's the guy from Three, right? <gasps> yeah, both those got added today. Ooh, 
that's pretty cool. Wait, and is it the Reese Fawn's lizard from think, the Amazing? Yes, I think that's the name. Yeah. Yep. God, why, why, why am I like this? Why am I like <laughs> about this? the lizard? But the Sandman, I'm really excited for. If you want to hear, I think Caroline and I are on the same page about this. When we finally get to our Spider-Man three Patreon episode, a very passionate defense of Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman. He's phenomenal. He's so good. He's, He's so great. good. You love to see it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll stop begging you for money yeah, now. Yeah. And um, uh, I think so next week we are doing um, we are doing a, a much different film. Very different film. Um, and uh, one that I'm very excited for. Uh, you cannot see this because it is an audio medium, but Corey and Carson um, can I see. I do. Right I wondered me. if that was purposeful. Yeah. No, no. It, it just okay. she just lives here. Um, I have a steel book right behind my desk of <laughs> the film that we're doing next week, which is Hayao Miyazaki's Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah, it's, I'm really excited for that one. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's great. Get a get a Blu-ray if you can find it. It's, yeah, I, I, it's really fucking beautiful. They've been doing the, like, because it's only every couple years they'll do the the Ghibli, like, Blu-ray, Blu-ray releases. I might. Yeah. I yeah. might. I want Kiki's delivery service first. But we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. We're going to talk a lot about <laughs> Miyazaki. We, we sure are. So um, with that, I believe that is our episode on The First Man. Thank you guys so much for listening. The First we'll Man with Ryan Gosling. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. That's called First Man. That is called First There's Man. No the. There's, There's no the. There's no the. Drop the the. It's cleaner. Yeah. That is our episode on <laughs> The Third Man. Uh, we'll see you all next week when we talk Princess Mononoke. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>